Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for coming on my show. Let me let me see if you can hear me now because I just put on my headphones. Yes, I can. Is it working? Yes. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast today to discuss your language learning journey and how you created um, languagementoring.com and help um, head up the polyglot gathering in Slovakia for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've, I've been following you for a while. Um, now, and I found your story to be compelling and I said I would love to interview her and you know oh, let my um, listeners um, know a little bit more about you um, and how you entered the language learning um, environment I would say um, uh-huh. not only as like the creator of language mentoring but as a conference interpreter because a lot of my um, listeners and some of my students come from like Eastern Europe, Asia, the Middle East, Latin America. And mm-hmm. so um, my whole reason for creating my own podcast was to show, you know, you can learn languages in an independent way. Um, and for me being visually impaired, I, I'm auditory learner. So I said, I want to kind of give a different take on language learning, um, you know, not just from an academic point of view. So, yeah, and cool. I, found, I found your um, take on it to be something similar that I do myself. So I said, I would love to interview Lydia. So thank oh, you. Oh, that's cool. Well, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to just describe things that work, uh, work for me and work for other people, mm-hmm. work for polyglots. Uh, so I'm, I'm not trying to like create any new method or, you know, like a completely new way. Right. Just basically to see what, what's working already and, and to help others follow the same principles, which you know some some people find it easier to follow than others so right how did you get started with um you know learning languages in general was it you know your upbringing in slovakia was it edu- you know academic wise yeah um i started when i was 11 and it was the usual way starting at school i had to pick uh actually i, I didn't even I didn't have a chance to not pick English at that time. It was like, that's when we started learning English. And that was my first language. And then when I was at a secondary school, high school, I I picked up German. And uh, so by the time I was an adult, these were the only two languages that uh, I was in touch with before. Mm -hmm. And um, I was never never exposed to any multilingual environment. Uh, I come from a very small town, so there were no people speaking other languages than Slovak uh, around me ever, as far as I remember. So my interest started when I was at the university. I was already studying languages uh, because mm-hmm. I, I studied, I want, wanted to be an interpreter was when I was about 16. I don't know why, but I just really fell in love with that job and the idea. And so I went on to study English and German at a university in Bratislava. And that's when I got interested in learning Spanish and then later Polish and French, so that's that's how I continued. Um, for my listeners out there that you know might want to consider interpreting as a uh, vocation, 
do you have a couple mm-hmm. tips you can give them? You know, because evidently some of them are young and some of them are older. You know, they're learning English and they want to use it for work purposes, but they're not really sure. And mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, to be an interpreter, it really is a profession which people need to decide they want to do and they need to work really hard on that. It's not something you just kind of try or, you know, you do it a little bit beside your other job. I, I don't personally know anyone who would, who would do it like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's a, this job is a bit difficult in the way that you really need to be dedicated to, to follow that path. And, and I personally suggest studying it at, at a university, if that's an option. Mm-hmm. I know, or, or, you know, take a, take a course which is at least one or two years of intensive studies because you, what you need is not only to, to speak that language very well, but you basically need to learn a third language, and that's the language of translation. It's, it's not really a language. It's just a, a similar amount of stuff to learn, you know, how to, how to work um, when switching from one language to another. The, the, whole, um, the whole science of translation, of interpreting, is something that people don't normally know if they, if they just uh, learn a foreign language. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it takes, it takes a, a special set, a set of skills, which, which is learnable. It's not something impossible. But it takes uh, quite a lot of work, and I, I, I think that many people underestimate it, maybe, um, and they, they say, oh, well, I speak this language well, and I speak that language well, so why don't I become an interpreter and just interpret something right away? But I think it does take some training to be able to do it well. Yeah. But if it's um, maybe not be would not give enough space to to give all the tips but if i may suggest on, on youtube there is um, a quite a long video that i made at the Berlin in 2015 mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. called Ple- pleasures and pains of working as a conference interpreter and i think i managed to describe what this whole profession is about and uh, i gave some practical tips on what books you could read or you know some 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 insider look at interpreting so if anyone is interested in that I definitely suggest uh, you watch it on YouTube. Yeah, I, I actually watched it and I was blown away. Um, Thank you. By it, and you know, I said to myself, I have a good ear for you know accents and dialects and, and grammar when it comes to language learning, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy the speak from day one approach. But that that would take some time, especially yeah. depending on what the language is. Um, personally, I came from a monolingual background myself, where mm-hmm. English was the main language in my family. I learned American Sign Language as a kid. Um, and I was fluent mm-hmm. when I was a kid, but you know, if you don't use it, you kind of lose some of it. Yeah, sure. I, I still remember some, but you know, I kind of classify it at an A1. Um, my first foreign language was Spanish in college because I took no foreign language in junior high or high school. Um, and then I decided about four years ago, I wanted to learn Russian. And I just started teaching myself Russian using you know auditory courses, free courses on the internet. Um, I took two conversational Spanish courses independently. Uh-huh. Um, using Braille and audio, and because I already took Spanish many years ago at, in college, the 
professor was so shocked that I was able to get through both courses in nine weeks that she was like, you need to study more languages. You're good. Nice. So that was the that was the motivation, the Kickstarter for me to be able to go in the Russian. And then I subsequently went in the French um, and a little bit of Brazilian Portuguese just to see if I liked it. And mm-hmm. um, I, let's just say my Spanish and Italian was bleeding into the Portuguese. And I said, well, am I going to really use this language? And I enjoyed what I learned. I would say, mm-hmm. uh, for the time that I, I did study it. But I realized in the community that I live in here in Akron and Ohio, I found a lot more people from Asia, a lot more people from the Middle East, um, Latin America, uh, Eastern Europe, Central uh, Europe, Eastern Europe, Russia, Ukraine, mm-hmm. uh, Serbia. And so because I can speak Russian, I do speak Spanish, even though reluctantly, because mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't my first choice. I, I only had, um, that was the only language that was offered at the school that I went to at the time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a choice like Arabic or Italian or Cantonese or anything like that. So would you, would you have chosen a different language then? Yes. If I you would. had had the two? Mm. Yeah. I would have chosen Russian and French. Because I've been wanting to learn those since I was a teenager. I'm a big history buff. And so I enjoy history of other cultures and other um, people. And I like stepping into a different world when learning a language. So, and because I'm an auditory learner and I learn everything by ear. Mm-hmm. Um, in the grammar of most languages isn't that difficult? Like people say, well, Cantonese is difficult. Well, I just got through the first chapter of Cantonese on my mango app today. And I just started learning it last week. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then I started learning Turkish over a month ago and I'm on chapter four of that. And, and a lot of it is because I like to communicate with people and I feel that language learning can bridge the gap culturally Um politically, socially, so forth and so on. And I have always been someone that likes being around people. And I love English just like the next person. But when you grow up in an environment where that's all you know, you kind of want to think outside the box a little bit. Of course. And, yeah. uh-huh. and, and I get to make friends this way. I get to interview people who are still doing it. You know, and, and I that's what I like about you guys. You guys are actually real about how you learn things and it's not perfect. And, you know, because a lot of people, they will show the end result of their language learning journey, whatever language it is they're learning at the moment. And no one sees the struggle of what they went yeah. through to get to that point. Right. Or, you know, I think the most difficulty I've had, maybe, is materials because I'm an auditory person so it's hard for me to find materials in certain languages mm-hmm. because in the U.S. Spanish is dominant Chinese is becoming more prevalent so is Arabic so is Japanese and Korean um, so right now um, you know I'm focusing on three languages this year Cantonese Turkish and French 
and because mm-hmm. I know Spanish, you know, French and Italian, are, they come really easily to me. And I can understand most, like, um, Germanic languages because of English. Like, I understand German. I understand, like, Danish and Swedish and Norwegian because mm-hmm. they're all similar. And I even understand right. Icelandic, even though I can't speak it. So, yeah, it, I I just, I've always had an ear to want to communicate with people. And I guess that's another reason I decided to do this podcast was to be able to bridge the gap, you mm-hmm. know, uh, cool. with, you know, other people who learn languages professionally and non-professionally. Um, and me being visually impaired, I have a different take on it than someone else that wouldn't have a visual impairment. Um, and so like being, having the opportunity to be able to like verbally communicate with someone else from across the world. I mean, you don't have to be in the country to learn it um, is a great experience, not only for me, but for countless other people out there in, in, in the world. Um, mm-hmm. So I, uh, want to say thank you for you know taking the time to speak with me um, about this, sure. and I want to segue into um, what um, made you want to create languagementoring.com. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to share what I came up with because, um, as I said at the beginning, at the beginning, I'm. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm, 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 I think I'm, what I'm good at is, is describing what works and, and finding the patterns in what, what has worked because I have learned several languages by myself, but um, when I was teaching people English, because I was an English teacher for a few years here in Slovakia, mm-hmm. I, I was just not able to make them get similar results or, or see a visible improvement within a few months. And I, I was able to do those things by myself, but I wasn't able to help other people. And I, for many years, I really didn't know why that was and, and how come I was so good at languages and other people weren't. And of course, everybody told me that was because I was talented and, and I have this special talent that they don't have and only very few people can do what I do. And I always believed, no, this is just, this is the work I put in, in a very uh, effective way, in a way which is fun for me and, mm-hmm. and, that's it you know that's the whole recipe so I realized that these people if they want to have similar results they basically just need to do what I do but the problem is that they were not so excited about learning languages because let's face it most of the ways to learn languages like at school or in language schools it's pretty boring oh, right? God, yes. <laughs> yeah. the materials that are used and and the way where the teacher decides everything about the lesson and it decides exactly what words you learn and what grammar you learn when. And it just, I don't know, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't learn any language like that anymore. So I realized I need to help people find the passion in learning languages and find the joy in that because it can be so much fun if you make it as you want it, right? Like to kind of create your own method and, right. and try different things and see what works, work with the materials which you, which you have picked yourself. And that's when I realized, okay, I will never be able to do this in the traditional setting where people pay me to teach them. Like this, this is just not going to work. So I need to start something completely different. And I can only work with people 
who already understand this simple concept that I cannot ever teach them a language, that they need to learn that language by themselves and I can help them. And that's why I decided to call, not call myself a language teacher. I'm a language mentor, which right. means I will mentor you on the way. I will show you how to do it and you do the job yourself. Right. And I think that is totally cool because I'm, when I was watching um, one of the polyglot gathering videos and you were talking about that, and I was like, that's like so awesome because I had used that same phrase recently with a student in Russia mm-hmm. and they're older. So I asked them, I said, okay, do you have any long-term goals? Do you have any short-term goals? What is it that you want to do with English? You know, Do mm-hmm. you want to be able to go and order food in a restaurant? Do you want to be able to go to a grocery store and be able to read the items in a grocery store? Do you want to be able to understand the telephone prompts, you know, when you're paying your cable bill or your internet bill or your light bill or what? Because a lot of people have that problem. They can't understand normal speech at a normal pace. Mm-hmm. And it they talk too fast in the recording. Um, you know, they're used to, okay, I need a grammar book. I was like, a grammar book is not going to help you learn how to communicate with people every day. It's, you know, and so I was like, what do you like to do for fun? What do you like to read? You know, do you like to cook? Well, we can download a recipe. You know, I was Mm -hmm. giving them all these tips and it was just like, wow, it just went through one ear and out the other. And then I had asked them a simple question, like, will you um, tell me what did you do last week since we last talked? So I, I started it off and told them what I did. They interpreted it as I was telling them about my hobbies. No, I was mm-hmm. telling you what I did last week. This has nothing to do with hobbies. So they got a lot of things confused during the conversation. And when I hung up the phone, I just was like, this person's been learning for four years and they're, they're nowhere. They, they haven't really gotten anywhere. They can't yeah. understand simple questions. And I said to myself, this is going to be very difficult if they think they're going to learn English out of a grammar book. And they're not right. going to pick up something a lot less complex, you know, or think outside the box. Or they didn't know what long-term goals versus short-term goals were. It was just very, it was a very sad conversation. Mm, and, and, yeah. And, yeah. And I, I mean, that was just something I just did not get from that conversation. And I, I've seen this with a lot of people, a lot, all over the world. Yeah, because this is the default way of, this is what people, you know, realize or people think this this is what learning, language learning is about. And unfortunately, that's the result of the uh, education system, which is very similar all over the world. Right. So I don't really blame people for, for, mm, for seeing it like this, because this is what they were fed with all their lives. Right. That, that's exactly why I like to work with my clients because these are people who understand that they need, really need to start working hard on the language. And right. once they understand they need to do it, they just need to look for ways how to do it. And that's where I'm able to help them because I can give them the complete know-how and a shortcut to that. But first of all, they need to decide that they 
really want to do that. They don't want to just pay for lessons where a teacher comes and, and right. uh, you know, serves them the language on a plate. Right. Because I remember, um, who was I talking to? I was talking to Kirsten Cable and mm-hmm. Lindsay Williams a while back. And they said the same thing. They used to do italki lessons. And mm-hmm. they would think, the person would come in and be like, can you teach me English? Or can you teach me this? Or can you teach me German? No. And my method, my, my advice to them is language learning is a process, not a race. It's also a journey. Enjoy the process. Have fun with it. Be Think outside the box because I don't use Aussie. I don't use Teach Yourself. Well, Teach Yourself and Aussie Mail for me is difficult to find in an accessible format digitally. So I use Michelle Thomas, or right now I switched it up and I'm starting to use Mango Languages, which mm-hmm. has face repetition, and I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, And mm-hmm. then I use Memorize, TuneIn Radio, SPS Radio, Coffee Break, anything that's audio, and I, I tune it to what I'm interested in. So whatever it is I do in my daily life with English, I, I flip it for the target language. And, mm-hmm. and, do, and it's a lot of fun, and I use Harry Potter and you know, newspapers and magazines and I'm in the fashion and politics and cooking. And so those are the types of things that I, I incorporate into my own process. And then I try to share that with everybody else at the same mm-hmm. time. And I mean, a lot of people found it to be a breath of fresh air for them, you know, because, oh, well, this is different. I might have to try this, you know? And so, yeah. I mean, like, I, I probably learn more from listening to you guys' um, you know, videos and myself, uh, you know, to help other people. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say thank you for that because, like, sometimes I'm like, okay, let me, let me see what Lydia's <laughs> put out here or what Ollie has put because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all about story as well, um, learning from, from reading because I love to read. And um, I used to read large print when I was younger, but now that my vision has declined, I can no longer read print. So I do mostly audio and then I have a refreshable braille display that I hook up to my phone and my computer or my iPad Pro and I'll be able to read the words on the display in braille uh, from the screen. And Mm -hmm. if it's written in a particular language, I can read it in that braille code on my display. So I get the tactile and audio at the same time so that's my particular method for me personally but I also understand that a lot of people a lot more people are more audio not as visual um, even though they're they're sighted and um, so I try to explain to them in you know certain terms that you know there are other ways that you can learn without having to spend a dime you know, mm-hmm. YouTube, oh my God, you name it, it, it's there. Um, You know, your phone, the library. Um, So in hindsight, I, I do um, kind of follow this, the same method to some extent. Um, mm-hmm. Like I was listening to you and Ollie's um, five part series that you guys did Mm -hmm. um i'm actually he hasn't put out part four yet but um um, 
and I enjoyed listening to that because I was like, I tell this to people I work with all the time. Yeah. You, you know, and it's 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 just on one end you feel so sorry for them because they really want to learn. I mean, otherwise they wouldn't be searching you out to ask for help. And then on the other end, it's like, okay, you have to be motivated. Like you really you can't expect for someone to do it for you. You have to be able to want it for yourself. And I don't know how you feel about this. Um, but do you kind of see sometimes that people are trying to rush learning a language? Like they think they can learn it in three months or they think they can learn it in 60 days. Right. And this is, this is getting very popular online, right? Like people are, are, um, trying to find hacks for everything and hack their way through the learning. But, you know, it is possible to learn a language in, in three months. Uh, but you really need to spend like a very rough estimate. Of course, it depends on the language and your language experience, etc. But at least six or seven hours a day if you want to make it in three months. And I know, I know a polyglot. I, I'm sure you've run across um, Blood School Teddy. Oh, He's yeah. A... I interviewed him. We talked for three hours. Right. Well, he, he is really good at languages, right? And I asked him how long it took him to learn Russian. And Russian and Slovak are very close, close, uh, closely related. Right. Uh, it's uh, like if you're a Slovak, you already understand like 20, 30% of the language of Russian just because right. they're both Slavic. And it took him three months to learn it, but he was really spending six to eight hours a day with it. So it is possible to learn a language in three months if you just cram it totally. But I think for most people, like I wouldn't spend six hours a day with a language. So for me, I, I like to spend an hour a day. In that in that case, it usually takes me two hour, two years to learn a language, and I believe this is a, this is a, a reasonable time. So no, it's not possible to uh, to I, do it while spending you know five minutes on Duolingo every day. You know, it's funny. I tried Duolingo, and I hated it. Hmm. Uh, well, one, it wasn't accessible enough for me, even though I know blind people that do use it. But I just, that was just, I was like, oh, no, this is not going to do. So, so um, I use a lot of Memorize. I use Michelle Thomas, um, YouTube, and mm-hmm. right now, Mango Languages. And I mean, my list of languages, it, it just makes my head spin. Right now, before I got on the phone with you, I did. I just finished the first chapter of Cantonese, and I was proud of myself because in less than a week I was able to to say a few things in Cantonese, and then um, I'm on chapter four of Turkish using Mango, and I plan on learning uh, Swahili at some point because I have uh, a nice amount of um, West African in my heritage. Mm-hmm. And so Swahili is the, the language. And so I said that probably be the last language I learned. Um, I plan on learning Japanese as well because we have a, a Japanese uh, population here along with Chinese and Korean and an Arabic mm-hmm. population too. So I plan on learning Egyptian Arabic at some point. But um, right now I'm focusing on my French, uh, Turkish and Cantonese all year. And I do a little bit every day. Um and I practice it and I'll, I'll throw up videos and that's how I do it just to get my head, um, 
you know, wrapped around the language. And, and if I enjoy it past like two weeks, I know I'm going to do it for the long haul. But I know yeah. a lot of people that won't do that because like, yes, you have family, you have work, you have other priorities. So language, you have to fit it into your schedule. Um, if you want to make it, you know, something permanent that sticks. And, um, but I do have to say, uh, overall, I think from, I, I've interviewed Ollie and I've interviewed Kirsten and Lindsay and Shannon Kennedy and uh, Susanna Sarayski recently and Robin McPherson. And I've gotten like a whole bunch of different, you know, um, input along with Jimmy mm-hmm. Mello and, and, and Vladimir and Tetsu and Chris Brown. And so now I'm like, I, I can take what I've learned from all these people, you know, telling me about their experiences and, you know, like, okay, they do it this way. I do it this way. We all kind of agree on similar points. You know, we just might have different ways of going about it, of course. Um, sure. But I said, overall, we all want the same thing, which is for everybody to learn languages in a fun and feel-free way that's not stressful and you're not pulling your hair out every 30 seconds, you know. Right. And then it's okay to make mistakes. And a lot of people think they have to be perfect, even with English. I was like, I'm a native English speaker of American English, and I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect. So, mm-hmm. you know, we all make mistakes, and that's fine. Because the more mistakes you make, the more you learn. And uh, I just want to say, um, do you have any like final um, tips that you want to, or advice that you want to give my listeners? Um, yeah, well, basically, what well, I've I've already um, kind of hinted at it. I, I think that languages really need some time, you know, to be learned. As 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 you said, you cannot rush it too much. But um, it can be done and absolutely everyone can do it. But I believe they really need to follow the, the four main principles, which I like to mention a lot because I really think this is what it's all about. And you've already said it's the fun, you know, it's the no stress way of learning a language. And everyone can find it, even if, if language learning is not a hobby of theirs. Everyone can find it if they just look for it a little bit. And then finding effective methods which you can use for let's say, uh, roughly um, 500 hours. I believe that's like a rough estimate of what it takes to achieve fluency, which can be uh, attainable long-term and uh, and do it in a systematic way. So you don't have to think every day, you know, do I have to, do I want to learn the language today or do I not feel like it? If you have a system, if you have a plan, then that decision is already there for you and you don't have to, uh, rethink it every day so these four things you know fun effective methods spend enough time with them in a systematic way I believe if, if people follow this recipe they will succeed in in any language where can people find you if they want more information yeah um on my website is uh, languagementoring.com and if you look for language mentoring on Facebook Instagram and YouTube you will find me as well and uh, if you want a short, uh, short version of this main message of mine, then uh, tomorrow my, my TED talk is going to be out on the TED.com website. So people can, can watch it there. And, you know, it's basically what, I, what I've just said here, but in 10 minutes. 
Spaisimu vėl šiaja Majapa Džiūrėkė Lirija za tvoją frenę Sirbonę. Ani za štų. Jau čia nėra da štų, nai pagavaryli. Ete oičiai priagnum informacijom Majapa Džiūrėkė. Žia vam hrošitai Sirbonėm večerėm. Na, pratai slapnėje į Sirvonio Rehinė. Spasybė. Da svidanė. Da svidanė. And to all of my listeners out there, thank you for listening. Thank you to the people who make this episode happen every episode. Flipboard.com I appreciate you guys for sponsoring this episode, episode 47 of Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast. And for everyone that's new to this podcast, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Lydia Mahova of languagementoring.com. And please subscribe using all of the subscribe places, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Store and give me a rating and a thumbs up. All right. I will see everybody in the next episode of Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast. And remember, language learning is a journey, not a race. Enjoy the process. Dos Sim. <laughs>